This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Madison. Dog lovers, lean in. Because if you're like me, your dogs love the dog park, the chance to run and sniff to their little heart's content. But I recently met this dog trainer who said, hold up, dog parks aren't actually good for some dogs. I know, but hear her out. Some dogs get overwhelmed. So if you've recently rescued a pup or adopted a new puppy, Allison Stoffel of Copper Ridge Dog Training says, there's some things you should think about before heading to your nearest dog park. It's Wednesday, November 8th. I'm Molly Stentz, and here's what Madison's talking about. Allison, hello. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I'm so glad you're here. So I have two dogs, and they love the dog park. They are active runners and they beg to be taken to the dog park. So I was very, very interested to learn that you are a professional dog trainer and you think dog parks aren't so good for some dogs. So spill the tea. What's going on? Yeah, you know, it's a controversial point uh, for sure. Madison is a very dog friendly city and people love their dog parks here but we definitely see some issues when talking about dog parks. So I guess the biggest thing that I like to make people aware of when we're talking about dog parks is it's just kind of a free for all, right? Like you walk into the dog park, everybody's off leash, dogs are just kind of running around and that can be a recipe for some difficult situations for dogs. Specifically when we're talking about not all dogs like other dogs. And some people just assume that every dog should be friendly and very social, but just like you or me, like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to be friends with everybody I meet. Like I like to keep to myself. I've got my own little group. And so um, dogs are the same. They don't, they don't need to make friends with everybody. A lot of them don't like it. And when you throw them in with a bunch of other dogs, they can become really stressed and overwhelmed. And then we can start to see some behaviors arise. So that's one of the big things we really like to talk about when we're talking about dog parks. That's fair. I I, I can agree. I, I don't like all dogs. I don't like all people. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be the same for dogs? But so what are the risks? One of the risks, and especially when we're talking about training, is we really like to focus on building up the dog's relationship with the human. And we would like making the human or the owner the big, exciting, rewarding thing for the dog. So when you go into a dog park, what you're essentially doing is you're saying like, hey, like go find excitement and interest and and go find joy and everything else in the environment. And dogs often just kind of like forget about their human. Um, so we run into the risks of like, will your dog come back to you if you need them to? Will, you know, if you need to get your dog on leash, are you able to do that with all the excitement happening? And maybe even if you can, can the other owners do the same for their dogs? Uh, because oftentimes we just don't know 
who is in the park, uh, how they'll handle a situation if a, if an issue arises, um, how their dog will react if there's a situation. And so, you know, we oftentimes hear about like dog fights or dog bites in dog parks because there's just a lack of control when you throw that many people with different ideas and that many dogs with different personalities into one space. So that's really our biggest concern is talking about dog safety and, and even human safety. If you do need to get in, involved, if your dog ends up in a scuffle or has an issue with another dog, we want to make sure we're keeping everybody safe. And just too often when we talk to, to clients and dog owners, uh, it's not a safe environment and situation for a lot of these dogs. Dog parks are really designed for like the very neutral, happy uh, social dogs. And like we said, just not every dog falls into that category. So what is it about the dog park that just lets this happen? Like the stimulation of just the sheer number of new friends, frenemies, enemies? (laughs) Yeah. What's going on? Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, you know, some of these dog parks that we have, they're awesome in terms of like acres and acres of space. So there's a lot of new smells, a lot of new sounds and textures, a lot of people. And when they're all thrown into that space, it can create, you know, a lot of opportunity to uh, explore, which is one of the things I do love about it. It gives the dogs lots of opportunity to, you know, get their mental and their physical needs met. But yeah, there's definitely an opportunity of just some chaos in that environment when, when you throw in that many unfamiliar people and dogs together. So how do you know if your dog is going to react? Like maybe you have a new dog or a puppy and you think, hey, I want to socialize it and I want to get some exercise and I want to go to the dog park. How can you know if it will be a good fit for your dog? That's a good question. You know, especially if you're talking about a new dog coming into your family, it takes time to really get to know that dog. We tell people, like, let's say you have a rescue. It takes a solid about three months from the time that dog comes into your home until they feel like very adjusted to your routine, your your schedule, the new rules that you have in your home. A lot of people are jumping into a dog park much sooner than that um, because they're excited. And I, I totally understand that. But you don't truly know your dog and how they're going to anticipate different environments until, you know, about that three month window, taking that time to first just really get to know your dog. And one of the ways that we really like to do that, you know, there's a difference between socialization, which people tend to mean just like introduce your dog to lots of new people and dogs. And we like to focus more on exposure. And with exposure, we're talking about introducing your dog to new sights, new sounds, new textures, and exposing them to the world in a way that is very controlled, you know, like getting them around maybe like park equipment or like taking them to a baseball game so they can hear all of the the sounds of the kids running and the cars going, showing them those things and teaching them how you want them to react in those moments. Instead of just kind of sending them out, you're, you're setting up very specific environments and experiences so you can see how does my dog feel about this? Is my dog nervous? Is she excited? Do we need to spend some more time building up for confidence in these environments? And once you do that in a bunch of different settings, then you can really start to learn your dog. And then you can say like, hey, I think she would really enjoy playing with a lot of other dogs. Or, you know what, she's really nervous. Maybe we should find some other ways to help give her this outlet where we're not exposing her to so many dogs and so many people. 
So exposure is really key to know how your dog feels about their environment. So are some breeds more uh, adaptable or better off at dog parks? Like, is it really personality based or is it more breed specific? Breed always plays into things. You know, if somebody tells me they have a yellow lab, like I could probably pinpoint a lot of behaviors that this dog has or energy. You know, you mentioned that you have a corgi. Most corgis tend to have a little bit of an attitude. (laughs) They're a little bit picky sometimes. So when I hear specific breeds, like we usually can guess to some extent what that dog is going to be like, but there's so much that goes into like how that dog was raised. What kind of environment did they grow up in? What kind of experiences did they have uh, that that is really going to dictate what each dog is like. Even when you're talking about within a litter of puppies, all of those puppies are going to be very different from each other. Some are going to be super outgoing. Some are going to be kind of more reserved. So I, I tend to not lean on the breed. And we tend to look at each specific dog to see what their comfort level is. Yeah. Both of my dogs are runners. I will say they <laughs> love the dog park because you open the gate and they're just like, finally, I can run. Yeah. Stretch those legs. They're for the most part friendly and I might be biased, but I think they're awesome dogs and they tend to get along with other dogs. But every so often there'll be like one dog, particularly my older dog just does not care for, you know, he loves all the dogs. And then every so often there'll just be one dog that he's just like, "Mm -mm, no, do not like what's going on there. Dogs are very physical creatures, so they speak with their bodies. If if a dog knows a command, like if we tell them to sit or down, it's because we've taught them what that word means. When we're looking at dogs, we really need to look at their body language, and that is going to give us a whole lot of information into how comfortable they are. It's very possible that maybe that other dog is giving off some weird vibes that your dog is like, I just feel a little bit weird about this guy. I don't like the way that he's acting. Maybe your dog also has had a lot of experiences leading up to that moment where maybe let's say like a dog like came into his space and was rude about it. And he's like, oh, I didn't like that. And then you called him away from playing because you wanted him to check in. And he's like, oh, that bothered me. And he starts to have all of these little moments where he gets a little bit frustrated at some point. Same as with a tired toddler at the end of the day, at some point they're going to hit a limit where they're like, I can't handle this anymore. And they just kind of break down a little bit. And so that's also something that's very possible that could have happened in those moments when you see your dog doing great. And then just all of a sudden you're like, what just happened? I feel like we've been having such a good day. It's your tired toddler (laughs) saying, I've had such a good day, but I just can't keep it all together anymore. I'm done. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Are there signs that we should be looking for or we can pick up on when we are in a new environment or we are at the dog park or maybe we want to just try it to see if um, the dog is going to react or is going to be good around other dogs? Like, what should we be looking for if we are at a dog park? 
The first thing I always tell people is, and it's hard when your dog park setting, but if your dog is really, really amped up, like he's really excited, he's pulling at the end of the leash, that is not the time to introduce him to a new dog. Because remember, I said, we really want the dog to focus on us more and build up our relationship. If he's pulling and he's pulling and he's ready to go, the second you let go of that leash, he's gone. And you're not going to be able to help him if he has a difficult time. So as much as you're able to in that moment, we want to have a dog with a loose leash who is nice and relaxed. Um, The other thing that we can do, though, in talking about body language, the two things that we often see people uh, mislabel is, uh, oh, he's friendly because his tail is wagging. And a wagging tail does not always mean a happy dog. There's so much that goes into it that I'm not going to get into like the whole like language of what a tail could mean. But sometimes a tail just means I have excited energy. Sometimes it means I'm nervous. Sometimes it means I'm scared. I try to tell people like, don't look that deeply into a wagging tail. It doesn't mean that a dog is happy necessarily. And then the other thing that we see a lot is when dogs yawn. Oftentimes people think it means they're tired, but yawning is a really good way for dogs to release tension when they feel stressed or overwhelmed. So if you're with your dog and they are yawning a lot, it's their way of trying to kind of like shake off, you know, some of that nervous energy or overwhelm that they feel in that moment. So if your dog's yawning, really try to give them a little bit more space. Yeah, that's one that's not often known, but really good cue to let you know how your dog is feeling. That is fascinating because I feel like my dogs do that at home, but maybe for no reason. Yes. Well, and context is so important. Like if they just wake up from a nap or like they're stretching and their body is very loose, totally could mean that they're tired. But if it's in a moment where like there is a lot of energy happening and your dog is yawning and trying to move away from the group, it could mean that they need a little bit more space because they feel a little uncomfortable. So it's almost like the human equivalent of like a nervous laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great equivalent. And there's a lot of tells that dogs have to kind of release some of that that nervousness where if you're not paying attention to it, you would miss those signals and you wouldn't be able to help remove your dog from that situation when they're feeling a little overwhelmed. Yeah. So what should you do? Like, let's say you have never experienced your dog to be aggressive in any kind of way, but you might be worried about an encounter or maybe you do encounter a dog where you don't know where the owner is and you're not sure, but this dog may be growling or looking a little sketchy. What should you do in that moment? The majority of the time, though, I want people to know, like, most dogs are not truly going to come and attack. Uh, it's, It's not as common as we are led to believe through the media. What we want to do in those moments when we see a dog that we're like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. I'm not sure. I don't like the way that dog is behaving. Movement is your friend. If you keep yourself and your dog moving forward, that dog will may still interact with you and may want to follow you, but it's not going to give them an opportunity to have like nose to nose conflict because when dogs get nose to nose and they're both upset, that's when something can really go wrong. So if you can keep yourself and your dog moving, that's going to be a great way to relieve some tension. And I also tell people, if you're able to, try to find something to put between yourself and a dog. So at dog parks, a lot of times they have a bench or, you know, those signs up front. If you're able to get outside of a gate, if you feel really uncomfortable, create some physical barrier between yourself. If you don't have anything like that, uh, maybe taking off your jacket and just holding your jacket between you and that dog just gives you an option 
just in case that dog does decide to be a little too pushy or a little too rude, a lot of times they'll see an object and they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not as interested in engaging with that anymore. And it just buys you some time to remove yourself safely from that situation. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make with dogs, particularly at a dog park? We need to be letting them in when they are calm and not when they're pulling on leash. I would say that's the number one mistake that I see people making because as soon as you let go of that leash, your dog is gone and they're not thinking about where you are. Do I need to check in with mom? Now, that's a, a generalization. There are dogs who do great and stick close to their families. But unless you specifically train your dog how to focus on you when there's a lot of excitement going on, they're not going to be able to reliably do that in moments where you really need them to come back and to listen to you. So working on having your dog be more relaxed before you enter the dog park is going to be key. I also highly recommend that people have a really solid recall if they're going to go off leash with their dog, dog park or out in the fields, because you want to be able to bring your dog back to you. If something happens or if you need to go quickly, we want to make sure that our dogs are safe with us. So that's a matter of training and or maybe having treats at the ready. Yeah. If, if your dog needs that, you know that we train with treats all the time. You need to think about what does your dog find the most exciting and valuable thing in the world <laughs> and, and make sure that that is at the ready. So if your dog loves treats, make sure you have some treats on you so that when they come back, you can really tell them like, hey, good job. I know that this is a big distracting in place. Thank you so much for coming back to me. Here's all the good stuff because your dog is going to want to continue to come back to you. They're going to check in a whole lot more if they know that good things are coming from that pocket. That is about the only thing that works with the Corgi, I, I have to say, because he is exactly as yeah. you described, very excitable. Like even the word, we have to have a code in our house. We have to call it the DP because <laughs> they know when you say the word, exciting things happen and they get a little wild. The only thing more exciting than the DP is food in this house. Yeah. Well, and I love that your dogs love that experience. And I don't want, I don't want the excitement to be taken away from dogs, right? Like I know that it's a very valuable thing. People in Madison that live in apartments, they need a way to let their dogs stretch their legs. So an alternative, if people are looking for it, because um, like we said, dog parks are not for everybody. There are a lot of local uh, private dog parks where you can rent it out for about an hour at a time. You can bring multiple dogs with you. So, you know, bring your friends. And that way you can still let your dog stretch your legs. They're usually a couple acres, but you know who's in that space. And you know your friends, so you can tell them like, hey, we need a little bit more space. Let's have the dogs relax. And we find those to be much safer options. And we frequent those all the time with our training dogs as a way to safely let them off leash and explore and and know that it's a good positive environment for everybody. So that's that kind of more controlled environment because even though you're introducing other dogs or other people, you're doing so in like smaller numbers to kind of like ease them into it. Yeah, you got it. Um, any other tips that you would leave us with for working with your dog, getting to know your dog or or exposing or socializing your dog? Yeah, you know, our favorite thing, whether we're working with puppies or older dogs, is is that exposure training that we talked about. So many dogs just they're fearful of everyday items like the vacuum or stairs or or storm drains, you know, out on the street. And so we want to start to show them that the world is safe and maybe even fun and go out and just intentionally 
have these experiences with your dogs. We love going to playgrounds because, you know, there could be sand or uh, wood chips or the rubber pellets. So there's lots of different textures that dogs could be weird about. You can get them on the climbing equipment. You can get them around the sound of children, which dogs can also be really nervous around. But just do it very intentionally. Have a pocket full of treats, bring their favorite toy, and just find things that you think your dog might be a little nervous about and start to have some fun around those things. It'll really build up your dog's confidence. It will allow you to do more with your dog, and it's going to build up your relationship with your dog, which is really the whole point of getting out and having fun with your dog anyways. Thank you, Allison, for for all of your knowledge and for these good tips. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. I love talking about this stuff. That was Allison Stoffel of Copper Ridge Dog Training in Madison. And here's what else Madison's talking about. CARES. Dane County will be expanding Madison's CARES Crisis Response Program. That's the program that sends EMTs and mental health professionals to respond to nonviolent 911 calls instead of the cops. The county board authorized funding this week to help more communities get crisis workers. The budget also adds four crisis counselors to the 911 center. And hey, Northsiders, there's a new cocktail spot in the neighborhood. Lola's Hilo Dining Room and Cocktail Lounge is now open. It's in that shopping mall off Sherman Avenue over by Ancora in the Barren Bottle. They're promising a high-end sound system and quality food, but in a comfy and unpretentious setting. Think homemade dumplings and nice cocktails, but also pizza and beer in cans. So if you check it out, let me know what you think. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Molly Stentz. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a cute dog about us? I mean, their owner just might want to listen to the podcast while taking them out for a walk. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.